welcome to the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. I'm your host, Lupna. And as you know, if you've listened to any of the other over 60 episodes, this Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi adoring entrepreneurs, show you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grinding. And boy, do I have an amazing guest for you on this episode. I am speaking about the amazing Mylene Elke from Germany. She's a world-renowned artist and healer, and she guides illuminated leaders from around the world to follow the wisdom seeker's way and bloom into their beauty. Now, you know there's a story there. For the past 10 years, Mylene has helped hundreds of thousands of people to connect with the source of universal knowledge so that they can feel whole, rejuvenated, and empowered to seek their own chosen path. She also has a podcast called Moving to Oneness, where she reaches a worldwide audience. She has facilitated thousands to reconnect to their own wisdom, embody themselves fully, wake up to what is possible, and listen to their inner guidance. Mylene, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Lubina. <laughs> oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward to our conversation. But let's get started with one of the most important questions of our podcast. Let's Are you see. Ready? Are you ready? Yes, I am. <laughs> What's your favorite sushi and why? Ooh, it is unagi. Okay, tell us more. Unagi is a eel and it has like a sweetness and fine and you can eat it all different ways if it's nigiri or sashimi or combined with other fish and I love that a lot. I've never heard about sashimi. No, sashimi is if you just eat the raw fish and without rice. And I sometimes even like there is a dish called shirashi where there is a bowl of rice and then on top they lay the fish so all you can eat with the fish as much rice as you desire. I like that because then there's not so much rice and some Mm. things I just love the texture of the fish on my mouth Uh, maybe that's a little shamanic you know there's even when I eat there is an exchange uh, happening and why do you feel for certain foods on certain days and then we're talking here about Japanese I don't eat it every single time there's always something else that calls and I follow that a lot oh I love that and how did you discover your love for sushi It started because of my dad. My dad met my mom. My mom escaped from East Germany. He's American and he had got thrown out more or less out of the military. He had to wash dishes because they thought she would be a spy. So then he went out into a venture of hi-fi at that time in the 60s and ended up in Japan. And so he got to know the Japanese culture of the 60s. I think that was the biggest gift for him. And for me, and it sparked my interest anyway in the Japanese culture. And so I grew up close to Frankfurt and there were a few Japanese restaurants where he took me along. I think the first time I was six and I can remember even what I ate. He said, Mylene, try Ebi. Ebi is the shrimp, nigiri. 
And I tried it and I liked it. And so each time I tried a new thing. And now I think I've tried many and I have some awkward tastes. Like I love sometimes even natto maki hand roll, you know, the fermented soya beans. Oh, oh, but that's really young at an age of six to, to be introduced to sushi. Uh, most of our guests that we've had before uh, were introduced to sushi at a later age. But that's beautiful that it was through your father. And I believe that you have a child who loves sushi too. Yeah, with four. He, I think he ate his with four. Wow. I mean, when I say sushi, not eating any fish at home or, you know, when you're in, in, in France or Italy, you know, you see fish and eat fish. But going to a restaurant, he wanted to learn right away the chopsticks. <laughs> and he made it, put it in somehow in his fingers. They, they wanted to give him, the, you know, the children ones where there yeah. is paper and a rubber band around it so they can just squeeze it. He just put that aside and he went for it. So whenever he feels a little down or we celebrate so both directions we go and eat sushi or japanese i should say oh i love that i love it i recently introduced my six-year-old niece she's always been said no 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 i don't like sushi i don't like sushi and i have a four-year-old niece who loves sushi and a two-year-old niece who loves sushi but the six-year-old always said no 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 i can't and a couple of weeks ago she said i want to have lunch i'm going to go do my groceries with my father what do we got? I said, well, bring sushi. And she did. She brought sushi. And I said, well, what do you want to do? And I did give her the children chopsticks because she wanted to use the chopsticks and not a fork. So I said, well, we'll create the children one. And she did. She tasted sushi and she loved it. And she went yeah. for the nigiri salmon. So salmon is one of her favorites. She's already eaten the fried salmon, but she never made that step to raw salmon but she did and now we get to joke about it and say okay when are we going to have sushi again and it's really fun to do that and especially with the chopsticks and small children i love that so mylene one of the other questions that we ask our guests is the one where we dive into your personality and character so people can get to know you a little bit more and we do that in a fun way, of course. Oh good I love we to do have fun it in a fun way. So the question is if your personality and character were a sushi, what would be the ingredients and why? Hamachi. Okay. Well, break it down for people that have no idea what that means. Okay. It is an ocean fish. It's, when you get it in a restaurant, it's white. It has a fine flavor. It's soft. It feels gentle when you eat it, but the fish is very powerful and strong. Wow. Okay. <laughs> And so we've got uh, gentle, flexible we've got and travels through the oceans. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've got powerful, we've got strong, we've got gentle. Okay. Yeah, the soft and the flavor is fine. So it's a palate and it develops. So it's not the fish you mix with a lot of things. Okay. I mean, you can. Yeah, I've eaten it, I said, with the strong taste of natto, you know, the fermented soya bean. Um yeah, but you can be careful that it still stays unknown and it's in its way. Okay, and does that mean that you eat it as is or do you eat it as a nigiri, as a maki, as a hand roll or maybe even a shushu bowl? And you know, there's a good tasting. It is called a hamachi hand roll and they make a little 
spring onion into it. That I like a hand roll. I don't eat it as uh, sushi, sometimes nigiri, I mean, uh, not in a roll, mm-hmm. because it takes away the flavor again. It's a fine, and you know, in a hand roll, it's a little different. And they have bigger pieces in it as well. Oh, they mix it up, chop it up. Yeah, so, but that's also beautiful fish for sushi, uh, sashimi, just eating yeah. the fish. Yeah. So, in your personality, are you choosing a hand roll or are you choosing just the fish? I think it? maybe you just take me as I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love it. Just clean. And we've got so gentle. And it shines. Oh, that's a good one. It's like white and shines. It has a brightness to it. Okay. So we've got your personality. Uh, description is gentle, powerful, strong, bright. Did I miss anything? Yeah, it really travels. The fish itself, it moves around. Okay, and what does that represent in your personality? What does that tell me about I travel you? a lot. I like to see <laughs> the world. I've lived in many countries. <laughs> oh, Love to get to know people, yeah. And so you're curious? Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's a beautiful one. And if you try to squeeze me in and don't give me the freedom, I go. And maybe even if some fishermen go and go for that fish, you know, they have a little fight to do with the fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that is interesting. And I can resonate with that because every time anyone has ever tried to put me in a box in the last 20 years, I jump out of the box again. And they were like, but no, I thought you were more like that person. I love that like, about no, you. Yeah. Like jumping <laughs> out of boxes. I don't have a lot for, for labels. And that is because I love variety so much. I don't like to do the same thing at the same time. As soon as it becomes predictable, I'm out. That's basically it. I'm out. And I know that there are people in the world that love and thrive on predictability. I'm not one of them. And I fully embrace that about myself. So, yeah, it just means that I need to make sure that I do different things at the same time. And I love starting things, but I don't like babysitting the house too much. So that's a great one to know. And it's interesting because as entrepreneurs, as we know more about ourselves, it's easier to determine, okay, how can I work the best way so I can provide the best value and create trust in the marketplace? It's our uniqueness. Now, you know, we're very, very vast beings and we're not taught to be vast. And we're trained by many cultures, not all of them do that, or social settings, environment, ecological second, uh, not ecological, speaking so much about ecology last week. But, you know, the social structures, how, where we grew up and where we're supposed to put in. So anyway, they try to box us. And it's not celebrated enough, our vastness and what our uniqueness is, and you put it into it. And so I think for an entrepreneur, for us to, if you're like me, it's to pull out what is the most fun. And you were talking about what is the most fun that I have in my life? When are those moments? What do I do automatically that are so easy? And to nurture exactly that, because then you can build up and then you invite the unfathomed and you can be surprised and surprised. So we both are beings that love to see what's out there. And if you stay in the moment, other things can come toward us. Not that we don't know where to go and what to do, but it is like a collaboration also with what arises. 
And then, yeah, to find people in your team, because entrepreneurs, we can't do things alone. It's just maybe if you're right, but even then you need people. And then you have cats. <laughs> oh, always, I, had, always, I, had, well, I had only one sushi eating cat. <laughs> we always have an animal showing up. So I'll tell that story in a second. Yeah, but do what you love and find people that support you in getting better in what you love to do. Yeah, that is so, so true. I mean, I'm a big advocate of showing up as you and embracing your uniqueness because that's what the world needs. And I know it's difficult because we were all brought up in a society that move all of us into an average and to make sure that everyone is always the same so we can be predictable about someone's behavior. But it's your uniqueness that is really important. So Mylin, mm -hmm. I want to jump into the last segment of our time together, which is you are a world-renowned artist and healer. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I had a radio show, it's, it's still running now, but on replays, where I healed, sang, brought wisdom as a channel or a shaman and uh, supported people. And it, it turned out that, you know, people called more and more also for their personal healing or wrote in, but then also for global topics or environmental topics, planetary topics and beyond. And because I have so many beings, I communicate even in a conversation like this. this yeah. I'm always a channel. I'm never not <laughs> a channel. And oh, I see someone love this. Thank you, dear Facebook person. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your love back to you. And Yeah, so that started and I've painted all over the world and even my paintings when they burned down on the autobahn, right? They went out into the world and people could wrote back and they felt it. They felt the energies of those paintings. Yeah, I saw hundred thousands listened to my replays in that radio, Sacred Sound Surprises. And now I'm doing my own podcast and there again, I shine light on others and also then bring wisdom because it's important to uplift each other this is my biggest gift to bring serenity a peacefulness within but also without so i've worked a lot with for peace with peace if it's on berlin on a peace march and concert where we brought people together from around the world or world unity week yesterday so always something i've done Art bridges have been built in yellow because of <laughs> me and my ideas when I was a landscape architect. So I've done their things, award with were very artistic. I bring many different things together, all things that I love. I love to dance. I love my art. And these have all become tools to support me personally in my own development and that now support others in being uplifted and becoming themselves and acting from there. So I'm a big believer we're here as guides to support everyone to move into their strengths and then give them the safety net or the safety room or whatever, or the embrace where they can open up and then be who they are and try out to act on their own knowledge because We are 14 billion years old. Each particle in our body has a memory of everything. And that is what I want to give back to the world. Say, you're so beautiful. Act on it, be it, and shine your light and create what you want to create. 
And what type of people tend to come to you for healing, Mylene? Oh, a lot of creatives. So songwriters, screenplay writers, Peters, already very multifaceted beings, athletes to get more speed, momentum, right? Those creatives, if they're blocked, sometimes I sing a song. There was a woman, she wrote a new business plan and I need it by tomorrow. I'm stuck. So I recorded a song and sent it to her so she could listen to it. Um, yeah. And then spiritual entrepreneurs that they speak more about also that we are who we are and that we don't have to hide if we have connections and that help them to then reach huge audiences and to become well known. So if we're someone who's listening and thinking, yeah, I'm intrigued, I'm curious, what are some of the things that they can recognize that you can share that they can recognize about them that they're stuck right now and that they might benefit from healing? Yeah, so often you want to do something and you can't. You have these ideas running in your head. There are two things. One thing you and ask yourself what it is and you will feel the answer. And how do you feel the answer? Mostly if you contract, then it's like a no. And if you feel soft with what you hear, if you even speak it out loud, then you know it's right for you to do. So the first thing I would ask, is it the right time? Oh. Right? And many of us, especially, we already work for the future. Yeah, so we have these ideas and, and it's a little bit like the fermentation we we're speaking about of the soya beans, right? Yeah. And that they create them, they have to get to that certain spot, but they need all the other things to prepare it, right? The salt, they need a nice bucket and, and then they have to be put it in a portion and they're sent to a sushi restaurant and until you find and eat it, you know, that there's so many things have to happen. It takes also time. And see if your environment and why is not the time because the environment is maybe not ready. And then if you notice, oh, is it something I'm maybe afraid of or is something in my surrounding or a certain person or an experience holding me back to do it? And when it's then there, then you look, what was it? Or is this still overriding my life now? And you said, oh, no, it's not. This is old give it some awareness, say, oh, that's happened. Okay, I'm happy that it happened because now it made me aware of it. Now it gives me strength. So, right, anything that happened in our life was there for a reason. Hmm. And then you notice it dissolves. And sometimes it goes quicker and sometimes it takes a while if it's a bigger issue. So if you, it's a bigger issue, because, again, we don't have to do it alone if it's yeah. for you. Yeah, and is it something that, I mean, I've heard before and I've experienced myself, is that something will keep coming up until you've learned the lesson and the blessing of what happened for you. Is that what it is or is it something else? I don't call it a lesson. Who's telling it the, the word? I, you know, I'm very observant of vocabulary. Yeah. Who tells us we have to learn a lesson? Well, that's what people tend to say. Yeah, because we repeat a, what others do, right? There, there's a lesson to be learned here. That's why this keeps coming up for you. Or another statement is someone comes into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime is another one. But that's a better, see? But if you listen to the second one, it's opening, it's possibility. Where the other one is, it puts you down. Did you notice that even, I forgot what it's called, it's a Sprichwort, it's in Deutsch, I don't know, maybe it's... Yeah, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a saying. 
Ja, genau, danke. <lacht> Thanks. So, yeah, so even observe there. So it, we don't have to learn less. Again, we're vast. We're just learning to and recognizing the experiences that we have lost. But I mean, this culture, 2,000 years ago, our cultures were eradicated also here. 